Well, thanks for joining me today as we begin our series called Read Scripture Well. My name is Kevin McMillan. I'm a pastor at Mile 2 Church, and I'm looking forward to spending this and the next seven sessions with you as we delve into how to read Scripture well. The purpose of this study is to help us to read the Scripture in a healthy way, understand them in the overarching biblical narrative, and then apply the truth that we read to our lives. Now, I'd invite you to download the notes because they'll be a very important part, especially in a couple of these sessions, so that you can follow along a little bit better. But you'll also find some discussion questions or reflection questions as well that will help you hopefully digest the material and, again, be able to apply it to your life as well. So, as I say, we're going to have eight sessions altogether. This first one is an introduction. Then we're going to be talking about cultural issues uh, when we are looking at the Word of God, reading the Word of God. The third session will be on inerrancy and literalism. The fourth will be on genre. The fifth will be on context. The sixth will be on the audience uh, and the purpose of any particular book being written. The seventh is on interconnections, how so many stories in Scripture and, and concepts in Scripture interconnect uh, and really help fill out the understanding of any particular verse. And then finally, we end with application, which is hugely important. Now, there are three main aspects of Bible study that we're going to talk about in this session. I'm going to use a couple of theological terms here. Uh, the first is this. It's called exegesis. Exegesis means determining what a text really says. Now, you probably know that the Scripture was not written in English. It was written either in Hebrew or in Greek, possibly some of it written in Aramaic as well. And so, for us to determine what the original really said, well, unless you happen to speak Greek fluently or Hebrew fluently, which I don't, uh, we have to rely on others. We have to rely on those who translate from the original into English. And this is where reading multiple translations can be very, very helpful, because some words are difficult to translate, some phrases are difficult to translate, and they could have this meaning, they could have a slightly different meaning. And as we read different translations of the same verse, we can perhaps get a broader understanding of any particular verse or any particular passage. Very, very helpful. And as we will talk about in our next session, understanding the original culture in which they were written helps us to determine really what the text says. Now, the second step after exegesis is what we call hermeneutics, and this is interpreting uh, the meaning of what's written, and also interpreting its significance as well. Now, we need help with this too, because this is not an easy task. It can be rather complex. And this is where reading commentaries, reading other books, reading study Bibles can help a great deal in any particular verse or a passage or a book. And I think it can be helpful to read a variety of views regarding the interpretation of different passages. You see, some scripture is really easy and clear to understand. A scripture like uh, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So, no one comes to the Father but by me. That's a very exclusive uh, charge, a very radical uh, charge as well. And whether you agree with it or not is not the issue. The fact is, it's pretty clear. You understand what Jesus is saying. There, there's, it's sort of a no-nonsense statement. However, there are some other scriptures that aren't quite as clear. Let me read a little passage from Hebrews chapter 6. <clears throat> this is verses 4 to 6. It says this. It, it refers to people falling away from God and being restored to God. 
It says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have come, become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, it's impossible to renew them again to repentance. Okay, well, this is obviously hugely important because people fall away from time to time and many, many of them will come back to God. But according to this, there are some who fall away and they will not be able to return to God. It doesn't even say why specifically, but it talks about people who are once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Well, what exactly does that mean? Are, are you one of those people? Am I one of those people? Is my friend one of those people? It's not really, really clear. It's very important, but it's not immediately clear. And this is where interpretation is so important, that we can come to a good, valid interpretation. And as we can see here, interpretation is not always easy. In fact, very often, it can be quite difficult. Now, the third step after exegesis and hermeneutics is application. What do I do with what I've read? Now that I've determined what the text says and I've hopefully determined what it means or what it might possibly mean, now I need to determine how does this apply to my life? Do I need to do something about what I've read? How can I work it into my daily life? How can I work it into my thinking? And of course, all, these, all of these are important and we need to do all three well. So we're going to be looking at many aspects of Scripture and how we read it. And some of these to you, you know, I listed off, we're going to be talking about uh, genre and context and culture and things like that. Some of these might seem sort of academic, you might say. Uh, however, this is not to take away from the fact that Scripture is the Word of God to us. Now, it is literature, and it's good to study it as literature, using literary tools to study it, as long as we don't lose sight of its greater purpose. So, I just want to make very, very clear what I and what we at Mile Church do believe about Scripture. We are going to get into it in sort of an academic way. I shouldn't say, not always academic. Hopefully, it will be very, very interesting uh, I'm not always going to be talking about the fact that it's inspired, though. We're just going to be talking about the words that are on the page and who wrote them and that sort of thing. But I do want to lay this groundwork. This is what we believe about Scripture at Mile 2. We believe the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God, the product of the Holy Spirit inspiring people to write the very words of Scripture. Because it is inspired, we believe it's accurate, authoritative, and without error. So this is very similar to what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful in teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we see Scripture as hugely important in our lives. We see it as our final authority both for belief and for practice. And because it's so important, it is crucial that we learn to read it wisely, to read it well, and to read it intelligently. And really, that's what this whole series is all about. Now, before we get going, I just want to say a couple of things about our limits as human beings, because we have to acknowledge our limits and some of the limits that we deal with even when we're reading Scripture. There are limits to our language, 
You know, the English language is a wonderful language, and maybe English isn't your first language. It is my first language. Very rich language. They, they say there's a vocabulary of well over 100,000 words that can be used somewhat commonly, even though most of us only use five or 10,000 in our everyday speech. So there's a great range of expression in the English language, and let's face it, in any language. Uh, there's a, a great deal of expression. However, there are limits to that expression because languages are made by humans. They are human inventions. And we also have to realize when we read, when I'm reading this scripture, as I said earlier, I'm not reading the original. I'm reading a translation from one language into another language. And so there are significant limitations there. Another limitation is in our understanding. We have to acknowledge the limits of our understanding, my understanding. My understanding is determined by a few things. Just first of all, my capabilities. What am I able to understand? But really my experience really affects my understanding, how I view something. When I hear someone say something, my understanding of it is affected by my experience. And I have to recognize that. As we read Scripture, we need to recognize, as I'm reading any particular verse, I will be filtering it through my experience and even my beliefs. And it's important to recognize that. I'm not saying it's not that we have to ignore those, but we need to recognize that. And then, of course, we have to recognize the limits of our communication. I'm sure there have been times in your life when you've tried to say something and you find it really hard to put into words, very, very difficult to put into words. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And there are some things that language cannot actually adequately express. And I can't do it very well. Some people can express it way better than I can. You might feel the same thing. You might be very fluent with your words. But uh, we just have to understand that all of us are somewhat limited in our communication. And so we have to think of these things as we're reading Scripture. But at the same time, we need to recognize that God is not limited in this way. God is not limited by language. You know, God is not limited by His limited understanding. His understanding is unlimited. It is uh, completely infinite. And He's not limited by communication in that way. Now, while the Word of God does communicate through us through words, through sentences, we say this is propositional communication, he can also communicate with us in other ways. And in fact, it's actually a great deal like uh, other human experience as well. Think of it this way. If uh, when you were younger, you probably learned what love meant. You probably learned what romantic love meant. You read a definition of it. You heard people describe it. And you thought, okay, well, yeah, sure. That's, that's what love is. I get that. But then when you fall in love, okay, everything changed. You get a completely different understanding of love. Did anyone have to explain it to you in words? No, you got it. It was just something that came into you, partly from the outside, but also something inside just being revealed to you. God can communicate to us that way as well. He can reveal things to us. Very often it's through His Word, but sometimes it's not using the specific words that we're reading, or it might not be that those words suddenly mean this. It just might mean an understanding that we get by His Holy Spirit. And I think we should anticipate this. 
Now, I don't mean we should expect that every time we open the Scripture, boom, you know, the skies will open and we'll get lightning bolts and everything like that. But I do believe as we read Scripture, we should anticipate and pray for God to do that to us, to unveil the truth of His Word to us so that we can get it on the inside, not just factual information, because really the Word isn't given to us just for factual information. It is here for our transformation, and that's something that has to happen on the inside of us. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the Word of God is alive. I just want to read these two verses, Hebrews 4 verses 12 and 13. So beautiful. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So this is a description of the word of God to us. Not only do we read it, but we must allow it to read us. And we'll talk about that later in one of our other sessions. Because according to this scripture, it judges my thoughts and my intentions, and nothing is hidden from it, from him who wrote it as well. Now, this doesn't mean that our limits aren't an issue when we're talking about God supernaturally communicating with us, uh, but we have to recognize that they are an issue. But again, let us hope and pray that God will work beyond our limits, at least from time to time, because the Word of God is transformative. As I said before, it will change us on the inside. And I'm going to say this, it's transformative even if we don't necessarily understand what we're reading. Because what you've probably found, and you will continue to find throughout your life, is as you read Scripture, more and more and more, each year, each month, each day, each time you go through a passage, oh, you see it a little more clearly. You see it a little bit more fully. And you don't fully understand it at first. And I firmly believe this, I'll, I will never fully understand the Word of God in this life. But even in my limited understanding, the Word of God can be transformative in my life. I believe the Word can be transformative in your life as well. So, therefore, we do need to read prayerfully. We need to read prayerfully. As I said, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and pray and expect Him to actually work in our hearts. He was the one who inspired it in the first place, and He's the one who will always interpret it best to us. But also, we need to read the Word of God humbly. I think some people think they read the Word of God, they've got it, it's mine, I get it, I completely understand it. Sorry, you're not going to understand the Word of God if that's your attitude. We need to look at it humbly. In fact, I don't own the Scriptures. I own this copy of the Bible, it's mine, it's got the words on the page. I don't own the content of it, that's God's. That belongs to Him, and what He does with it in my life is really up to him how he's going to work that. So I have to realize that I don't own the scriptures. I can't do with them whatever I want. I've heard it put this way, that my interpretation of scriptures is just that. It's my interpretation of the scriptures. And we always have to keep this in mind. I can interpret scriptures a certain way, and I can, I can be quite convinced it's true, but I also have to acknowledge that other people will be reading it differently and I can't say that everyone else is wrong and I'm the only right one. So we have to be humble about this. That's really when God is going to be able to work his best in us. 
Now, you'll find, you've probably found this, and you will find that your reading of the Word of God is going to change in different seasons of your life. Sometimes you're going to be reading large swaths of Scripture. You're going to be reading entire books. You might take a year and read through the entire Scripture. I've certainly done that. And that's a great way. That's a really important way to read Scripture. But sometimes we might do just the opposite. We might just focus on one verse. We might just focus on a word. You might do a word study for a couple of weeks and just get all the meaning out of that word and see where else it shows up in, uh, in Scripture and how it applies in different areas. That's really important to do that, that from time to time. Sometimes you're going to be looking for answers, something you're going to face some issue in your life or a decision that you have to make, and you think probably the Bible can help me make that decision. I need an answer. I need an answer from God. And so we turn to the Bible. Sometimes we can find answers in the Bible, not always, but sometimes we can very, very plainly, and that's okay. That's okay to look at Scripture like that. Sometimes we just want to grow in our knowledge. We're just looking for knowledge. I would like to learn more about God. I would learn, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the history of the church. I'd like to learn a little bit more about the history of Israel. And that's a great way to read the Bible as well. And let's face it, sometimes we're reading Scripture out of a sense of duty. I should. This is something that's good for me. I need, I need to do this. This is, this, this is important that I do this. I don't Let's face it, we don't always feel like doing those things that we need to do, and reading Scripture is probably one of them. But that doesn't mean it's not effective. I think of it this way. I'm a musician, and I play the violin. If I practice scales on my violin and my heart is not in it, like I just don't really want to practice these scales, but I do it anyway because I know I'm supposed to and it's supposed to help, are my scales actually going to help? Yes, they're going to help a great deal. If I'm an athlete and I, okay, I got to do some training, do some push-ups, some curls, some sit-ups, some bench, dead weight bench presses and stuff like that. If my heart is not in it, is it going to help me? Yeah, yeah, it actually is. And while reading scripture isn't exactly the same as doing those exercises, there is something similar to it. Just the act of reading scripture is an act of dedication. It's an act of faith. And whether it's something you really want to do or whether it's just something you feel you need to do, it's still good for you. And you will learn from it and you will actually develop your character and your walk with God, even in circumstances like that. So whatever situation you find yourself in reading the Word of God, it's good. It's going to be good for you. And if we read it well, and that's what we're going to be talking about over the next seven sessions, it will transform us and it will be a great benefit to those around us as well. So thanks so much for listening now. Our next session is going to be about culture. Again, I just encourage you to download the notes and that will help you follow along uh, with the train of thought that we're going through as well as give you some discussion or some reflection questions. Thanks very much. Hope to see you next time.